The following program depicts scenes of murder and violence. Viewer discretion is advised. Words appear sequentially. Crime Crusher. Featuring Donna Judd. On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network. Sponsored by VIP Tech. Author Donna Jodhan presents Episode 2 The President's Super Christmas Plane. President Marco Sumner would probably tell his closest friends, wife, and kids that his experience is one that he would not forget, and that at the end of the day, it was an experience that was meant to teach him some very important lessons. At first, he had been adored by his workers being affectionately referred to as Marky the Magician. But all of this went quickly to his head, and it took a very telling event in his life to change all of this and bring him back to reality and to restore his former place in the hearts of his workers. The President's Super Christmas Plane is a story of a president of a huge conglomerate who met with a heartbreaking misfortune his struggles to come to terms with it, and finally, his triumph. It's all about how he managed to overcome adversity with the help of a very unexpected person. Written by Donna J. Jodhan. Hey, 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 look who's here. It's Detective DJ, and a very, very Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope that Santa has been good to everyone this year. I hope that everyone has had a wonderful, wonderful year. I know I and my team did, and I am absolutely delighted to be here with you again this year at Christmas time. Christmas time is one of my special times, and one of the special times for my team as well. It doesn't really matter where I am, whether it's in the cold winter, cold Canadian winter, or whether it's in the sunny Caribbean, Christmas is everything to me. And this year, I am delighted to bring you a very special Christmas episode. It's the second in my special series. It's a holiday special series. And the first one was called Santa's Super Secret. I hope that everyone enjoyed it. And this second one is called The President's Super Christmas Plane. Of course, all of my special holiday episodes are episodes of pure fiction based on a variety of experiences, a variety of everything that I have thrown together for you. And I hope that you enjoy it all. So Merry Christmas, everybody, and jump aboard and let's get going. So this episode is called The President's Super Christmas Plane. So here we go. One, 
Marco Sumner the Child. Marco Sumner had toys, books, extravagant vacations, a gracious and wonderful family. Marco Sumner was a happy child. His parents, Galen and Kirsten Sumner, were very doting parents to him and his siblings, and they had given everything to their kids. They had ensured that their three children had attended the best of schools, and in short, they were very privileged kids. The Sumners were multi-billionaires, and Galen Sumner had a multi-billion dollar conglomerate which spanned worldwide. Wow, what a terrific childhood Marco had. Galen's dreams for his kids, especially so for Marco, was that one day they would take the reins of the company, allowing Galen to retire into the lap of luxury. Christmases were filled with anything and everything. Each Christmas, Marco and his siblings would simply fill out their wish lists and then wait for Christmas morning, when just like that, just like magic, everything would appear under the Christmas tree. Everything that they had asked for would be there. Marco and his brother, Marty, always filled out their wish lists, asking for the electronic toys and games. And they were there when they woke up every Christmas morning. And their sister, Maya, would ask for dolls, dollhouses, and tea sets. And like magic, they too would be there every Christmas morning when she awoke. And oh, what joy it would be to see this family open their presents and hoop and sing and jump for joy as they open each and every present. And then finally, they would turn to their parents with shared gratitude and smiles thanking their parents for everything that they had been given. Kirsten Sumner was a very good mom, and often she would scold her husband Galen for spoiling their children, because she felt that he had been too generous with their kids. Kirsten had done her best to create a good balance for her kids, because it had often concerned her that they had not been exposed to the real world of other kids who had had to fight very hard to get what they had in life. Kristen felt that her kids really needed to learn how to struggle and fight in order to create a good balance for them. On the other hand, Galen felt that nothing should be spared to ensure that his kids got the best of everything. He felt that they needed to get everything that they needed to get. So there it was. Kirsten was the one who wanted a good balance for the children, but Galen wanted to give them everything. Marco and his siblings did very well at school, and their teachers never had anything to complain about. They never had any problems with Marco and his siblings. Marco and Marty played ice hockey, 
and Maya was a good figure skater. A happy family with lots of money, but unknown to them, and put it all down to fate. Faith, for the most part, something was waiting in their wings to affect the lives of this very happy family. Faith was waiting to deal a very unfortunate hand to this family. Two, Marco takes his place in his dad's company. As expected, Marco graduated at the top of his class and went to work in his dad's family's business. Dad Galen was extremely proud of Marco and soon enough his brother Marty followed and then their sister Maya. All had graduated at the top of their class doing extremely well and making their parents very proud of them. The huge conglomerate developed, manufactured and sold games all around the world. Lots of games, electronic games and electronic toys for boys and girls. And it could be said that it was a very well-run entity. Galen made sure of this and guided the ship with very steady hands. He was kind, considerate and very generous with his workers. And he hoped that his kids would follow in his footsteps. There were certain things that did concern Galen about his eldest son Marco, but he had kept it to himself in the hope that one day Marco would outgrow these concerns of his. Unknown to Galen, his wife Kirsten had also had these concerns, but she had not shared them with her husband and she had kept them all to herself. Both parents hoped and prayed that their concerns for their son Marco would not occur and that their concerns would be all for naught. Choosing not to burden herself with her worries, Kirsten hoped and prayed, hoped and prayed. Marco Sumner was a smart young man, but at times he could be extremely arrogant, abrupt, and also quite shy. And on many occasions, he hated to show his weaknesses. Both of his parents knew this, but there was something else that lurked behind the scenes for Marco and his parents. It could be said that both son and parents knew something that could affect their lives, but unknown to each other, the something was known to each of these family members. So in short, there was a very secretive something known to these three people, but these three people did not know that each of them knew what the something was. The siblings, Marty and Maya, did not know what the secretive something was, and they were naturally devastated when it did happen. 
Three. The first misfortune took place about a year after Marco had started working for his dad at their worldwide conglomerate. On a routine visit to his doctor, Galen Sumner received some devastating news. His doctor had told him that he had but a few months to live before passing on. He had terminal cancer. Of course, he was devastated. Now he had to tell his kids and his wife. How was he going to do that? Galen Sumner did not waste any time putting his affairs in order, and on his deathbed he called each of his kids to him separately. Galen Sumner and his wife spoke to each other very honestly, and they discussed the kids, the conglomerate, and what the future was going to be without Galen. Galen and Christian also discussed that very secret is something which they had not shared with each other for many years, but now each knew that the other had known what the secretive something was. And husband and his wife discussed how Christian was going to tackle this something after he was gone. The conversation was long and it was painful, and at the end of it all, Kirsten promised Galen that she would do everything she could to stick by the kids, especially Marco. Kirsten promised Galen that she would be there for Marco in every way, whenever and if he needed her. And she also promised her husband that she would be there for the twins as well. Big promises that Kirsten would keep. This secret was not to be shared with anyone else, not even with Marco, and Kirsten faithfully promised her husband that she would not share it. Next, Galen called each kid to his side and discussed their future with them, but he did not share that secret which he held with any of his kids, let alone Marco. So no one knew what that secret was. None of the kids did except Marco, but Marco did not know that Galen knew. On an early fall evening, Galen Sumner passed away peacefully with his wife and kids at his bedside. The kids and Kirsten were devastated. And now it was up to Marco and his siblings to assume the helm of this huge worldwide conglomerate. The family did their best to stick together, and the kids did everything that they could to make their mother comfortable. They were all in their twenties now, and it was time to man up and take control. 4. Marky the Magician It did not take very long for Marco and his siblings and his mom to establish themselves in their new positions, and soon enough, Team Marco had begun to earn the respect of not just their workers, but their associates. Marky, or Marco, was beginning to be called Marky the Magician, and for good reason, because he had carried on the good name and the creativity of his dad Galen by continuing to develop 
manufacture and sell electronic games and toys all around the world to lots of girls and boys. And Marco and his team enjoyed doing what they were doing, and they did it the best way that they could. Kirsten Sumner was very protective towards her kids, especially so towards Marco. And Marco had done his best to follow in his father's footsteps. But whereas Galen Sumner was a very kind and generous person towards everyone, Marco was not always quite the same. He did try. But sometimes his arrogance seemed to get the better of him. Or maybe it could be said that his shyness seemed to get the better of him. And it was at times like these that his employees had wished that Galen was still in control. But Galen was gone. There was nothing to do about it. There were days when Marco's employees had done their best to stay out of his way because of his moods, and they had come to learn how to read his moods. On the one hand, they had loved him for his creativity, but on the other, they had feared his moods. Kirsten and Maya and Marty were extremely supportive of Marco, but there were days too when they did not know exactly what to do. They were afraid of his arrogance, but did not know how to talk to him about it. And there were times when they had talked to each other, but were unable to come up with a plan as to how to help their older sibling. They had done their best to deal with these different types of moods and Marco's arrogance, and they loved their older brother. But there was nothing that they could have done. 5. Marco's Downward Slide At first, Marco's downward slide was not very noticeable. But it was Kirsten who first noticed it, and when she did, she had to do everything not to fall apart. She knew that one day it would come, and she had dreaded this day, but now it was here. Somehow she had hoped that it would not. Mothers are almost always the first to spot trouble, and Kirsten was no exception. Marco knew that it would come, but he did not know that his mom knew that it would come. Two people holding a secret, not knowing that each knew the secret. As much as Marco knew or was told to expect it, it was still very devastating to him when it did come, when the final eventuality had come to haunt him. Marco was not quite ready for it. At first, he would sit for hours in his office and just simply stare into space, not knowing what to do. He knew that before it was too late, he would have to share the secret with his family, but he was not sure how to go about doing so. Marco was scared, and each time he visited his doctor, he was petrified. His doctor had pushed him, or started to push him, to share his deep, dark secret with his family, but Marco had resisted. Instead, he had started to hide things from everyone else, and soon enough, 
His arrogance had begun to take control of him. Kirsten Sumner had known only too well that her son's arrogance was just a way for him to cover up his secret and to deal with the changes that were taking place in his life. But his employees did not, and soon enough their admiration for their magician, Marky, had started to evaporate, and then it had started to turn to dislike and resentment. Marco had started to become a recluse, and had started to shut out not just his employees, not just his beloved employees, but also his family. He had begun to show up late for work, which was not quite like him, because he was always one of the first to be at the office each morning, but this was now changing. He had taken to disappearing from the office for hours on end, and many times he had even refused to answer emails and phone calls, or even failed to show up at meetings. Marco had one constant companion, and that was his famous, faithful dog. He had bought the dog as a graduation gift to himself, and now Candido seemed to understand what his master was going through. Candido had become Marco's closest friend. Wherever he went, Candido was there with him, and somehow the dog seemed to understand and seemed to know what was going on with Marco. He under seemed to understand how much his master needed him, especially now at this time. Kirsten Sumner was a helpless mom who knew that she had to do something before it was too late. Maya and Marley, the twins, were scared because of the changes that were taking place, and they did not know how to deal with it, how to help their beloved elder brother. Everyone was scared. It was not a very good time for this family, and Marco knew it. 6. Marco's Dilemma On the one hand, Marco felt that if he were to reveal his secret now, it would devastate not just his family, his friends and his associates, and his employees, it would probably spell the end for their huge conglomerate. Marco was in great turmoil. What to do? What would people think if they knew what about his secret? What would his employees think? What would his associates think? Would the business world be able to understand what was going on with Marco? Would his family be able to understand? Would they be devastated? Would they desert him? Would he be left all on his own with Candido, his dog? Marco was a very, very tortured young man, and he did not have anyone that he felt he could talk to. His dad was gone. He did not want to trouble his mom. And his twin sister and brother what was Marco going to do now? Time was not on his side, and he had to do something before it was just a bit too late. People would notice. 
People would stare. People would whisper. Marco didn't want this. And he had to do something and do it really fast before time took over his life. Before time overtook him. But then faith would then again step in. And one morning it came all crashing down on poor Marco. Marco was petrified that that unwanted something, that expected something, had now arrived at his doorstep. He was sinking fast. What should he do? It seemed that the only one that he could talk to was his beloved yellow friend, Candido. Candido seemed to know and understand what had happened on that very fateful morning. As Marco struggled to get out of bed, Candido came noiselessly to his side and stood quietly as his master got slowly to his feet. He rubbed gently against Marco's leg, and a frightened Marco reached for him. And then dog and master seemed to communicate in their own way. Soon Marco was hugging Candido to his chest and crying very softly. He could not hide forever, but neither could his mom. It was his mom, Kirsten, who came to his rescue. She had kept in touch with Marco's doctors over the years, so knew that things were getting worse for her son. She had not known exactly when Marco had met his fate, but she was ready for this day. 7. A Traumatic Event for Marco There was a certain event that Marco would remember that had taken place before he met his fate, before his battle with fate had begun. He was Sitting in his office late one evening, and everyone else had gone home, except for his mom, Kirsten, who had also decided to work late. She knew that Marco was there, but he did not know of her presence. Marco's secretary had left a letter for him on his desk, and now, in the quietude of the evening, he had reached for this letter and had begun to open it. The letter had been marked personal and confidential, and Marco had opened it, not really sure what to expect. He read it once, he read it twice, and then had put it down on his desk. Then he put his head in his hands and had begun to sob uncontrollably. Kirsten had heard him and had come quietly to the door to see what was going on. She watched helplessly, and with a heavy heart, she watched as her son continued to sob, but she did not interrupt this moment. After a while, Marco got up, leaving the opened letter on his desk. He turned out the lights and left his office, and after he had gone, Kirsten had slipped into his office and had retrieved the letter. She read it 
and had immediately realized why her son had become so distraught. She tucked the letter into her briefcase and headed home. 8. Marco's Battle with His Own Fate On that fateful morning when Marco had woken up and met his fate, things had taken a turn, and Marco knew that things would get worse before they got better. He had decided to take a few days of work away from work to think, and he had asked his personal assistant to make sure that no one would disturb him. He got his staff to prepare his meals and told his family that he needed some time to himself. For where has his siblings had stayed away, his mom Kirsten had slipped into his room on the first night after that fateful morning, and there mom and son had had a heart-to-heart -heart talk. They shared Marco's secret, and Kirsten had told her son that she had known all along that this day would come. Mom and son cried, held each other, and after several hours the two had come up with a plan. A plan that would go a long way to affect many lives. Kirsten had reread the letter to Marco that he had left on his desk. And the two had also decided to deal with this letter. They had decided to use this letter as part of their plan to battle Marco's fate. Mom and Marco were ready to take on fate. And they were bound and determined to conquer fate. Wow! 9. Mom and Marco go to work. Christmas was fast approaching, and what a great time for Mom and Marco to put their plan to work. They were going to put their plan into action. First, they shared their secret with Marty and Maya, and they swore the tins to secrecy. And at the end of it all, a plan was hammered out. In early December, a little boy named Nicholas Gleason received an important letter, followed by an important phone call. Nicholas was beside himself, because he had never thought that he would receive a response to his letter. He had not told his parents that he had written this letter. So when they heard about this letter and the phone call, they too were extremely surprised. Nicholas only remembered that he had written the letter to Marco when he received a response followed by the phone call. And needless to say, the Gleasons were very, very surprised, very excited, very dazed, not knowing what to think of the whole thing. They were stunned and out of their minds with excitement because they knew all about Marco's company and they knew more about Marco as Marky the magician. A few days before Christmas 
Nicholas and his parents boarded a plane for parts unknown. The plane took off on a very snowy night, and not even the Gleason's family knew where this plane was going. It was a top secret. Marco and Kirsten met the Gleason's at the airport, and Marco had brought Candido along for the ride. And after some warm introductions, the family was quickly whisked away to a very secret hideout. The Gleasons had travelled a very long way from their home in England, and were extremely tired, but were looking forward to their adventure. After they had settled in and had been given time to rest, Marco and his mom had invited them to join the family at the family's home. Nicholas could not sit still, and this child was filled with great excitement and awe at being able to meet Marky the Magician, his childhood hero. Nicholas loved his introduction to Candido, and the two soon became fast friends. Marco had been touched by Nicholas's letter to him, and this is why he had decided to make Nicholas a part of his master plan for this Christmas. Both of his parents and Kirsten watched with absolute delight as Nicholas and Marco bonded. Marco shared many stories with Nicholas, and in turn Nicholas told Marco all about his life as a blind child. Marco was filled with compassion and admiration for his new young friend, and he would later tell his family how grateful he was to have met Nicholas. Marco would later tell his wife and kids how a young boy named Nicholas had helped to save him from total destruction, and had helped to change his life in so many ways. Later that evening, Maya and Marty came in and fitted in quite nicely in the festivities. They loved Nicholas, and by the end of the day, all was set for a very special event. Both families and a few trusted staff were sworn to secrecy, and all was now set for the very special event. 10. The President's Super Christmas Plane Nicholas could hardly contain himself as he sat in his seat waiting for the plane to take off. There were so many things that danced in the little boy's mind, and he was so confused at times, but he could hardly wait. Marco sat next to him and held his hand as they waited, and Candido was present too. The dog was soon asleep in his own special little seat close for Nicholas, though, to touch him at times, and he had been totally blown away by its size and all of the gadgets that were on board. The Sumner and Gleason families sat close by and watched fascinated as 
Marco and Nicholas became totally absorbed in the trip. Marco had told Nicholas what to expect. Snow was falling lightly, but not enough to stop the plane from taking off. The air was bitingly cold, but everyone was suitably dressed for this type of weather. Everyone was waiting. Even the wind seemed to be cooperating this fair Christmas Eve night. The large presidential plane was packed to capacity with lots and lots of toys and Christmas goodies. Games, toys, goodies, oh man. Christmas music played over the intercom and some of the staff were even singing along with it as they went about their tasks. And Nicholas could not help but shout with glee as they waited for takeoff. Then there was a slight bump, and soon the plane was taxiing down the runway. Moments later, it was lifting off, and the passengers were cheering and singing. Throughout the night, the President's super Christmas plane traveled many miles and made many stops along the way. The plane was a very special one, as it had the ability to travel at lightning speed and drop off presents in precise locations. Several times, the pilot ventured back to visit with Marco and Nicholas, and it took time to describe things to them both. Presents were dropped off at the homes of thousands of kids who were either blind or less fortunate. At times, Marco was seen wiping tears of joy from his eyes, and he even forgot that he too was blind, having lost his vision completely on that fateful morning some months ago. At the turn of midnight, Marco whispered to Nicholas that there was someone on board waiting to meet him, and that that person wanted to see him urgently. Marco would not elaborate, and it was a very nervous Nicholas who accompanied the pilot to the front of the plane. Nicholas was not disappointed, and the mystery of the person would deliver very big. All Nicholas had to do was not to tell anyone what he had been told by this mystery person. Not even his parents. And Marco did not ask any questions when Nicholas had returned to his seat. The journey had gone much better than expected, and at the end of it all, everyone was ready for a nap that would be filled with dreams of joy, and even Candido was tired and ready for bed. And he has worn himself out running around the plane. The pilot had even given Nicholas a chance to bring some joy to some of the kids by showing him and allowing him to make drop-offs 
through the chimneys of these kids. Nicholas enjoyed it all, and he would never forget this for as long as he lived, and neither would Marco, as he too had delivered gifts through chimneys, and the two had laughed and shouted as they did it together. On Christmas morning, there would be thousands of kids waking up to loads of presents, loads of Christmas gifts. 11. Nicholas's Letter Revealed Nicholas had written to the president of a huge toy conglomerate, asking if he could help bring some joy and Christmas cheer to those kids whose parents could not afford to buy toys for them at Christmas time, and to those kids who were blind and like any other kid had wanted some toys. Nicholas's letter had arrived on Marco's desk at the right time, so to speak, as Marco had been on the brink of becoming totally blind. The letter had first touched Kirsten and then Marco, and they had both agreed that something needed to be done, and the rest, so to speak, is history. Nicholas had told Marco in his letter that he had been born blind, and how much he had wanted to help other kids like himself enjoy Christmas with all of the toys at Christmas time. Marco would share this story much later on in life with his wife and kids. And it would be a story that would live on for generations to come. A story that would be shared for generations to come among families, friends, and employees of Marco's conglomerate worldwide. But the story is not yet finished. And there was more to come for both Marco and Nicholas. 12. Presents from Marco and Nicholas Unknown to Nicholas Gleason, Marco had spoken to his doctor about his new young friend. And on Christmas morning, there was a surprise waiting for Nicholas. A letter from Marco's doctor advising the Gleasons that something could be done to bring vision to Nicholas. The Gleasons were ecstatic, and early in the new year, Nicholas underwent surgery and received a full vision. Dr. Brent Sorensen had been the mystery man who had taken time to come aboard the President's super Christmas plane on Christmas Eve night to meet with Nicholas. He had studied Nicholas's files very carefully and was very sure that he could deliver for the little boy. Nicholas had been ecstatic when he had met Dr. Brent Sorensen and had been sworn to secrecy. As Dr. Sorensen had told him that it was also going to be a present for his parents. 
Nicholas was delighted. Marco had not been forgotten by fate, and this time it was an unexpected present. His doctor had told him that he had been willing to try some experimental surgery, and with some luck it could restore some vision for Marco. Marco had also received his letter on Christmas morning. Most of Marco's vision was restored. The Gleasons were encouraged to move to America to be close to the Sumners, and they did so the following year. Marco and Nicholas remained fast friends, and today Nicholas works alongside his best friend and mentor, Marco, helping to design toys and games for blind kids. And each Christmas, the President's Super Christmas Plane makes its annual journey around the world to drop off toys and games to blind kids and to those kids who are less fortunate. Nicholas continues to teach Braille to blind kids and Marco has even learnt it and helps him. Marco is now married and has one son whose name is Nicholas Marco Sumner and he has already told him all about his adventures of a few years ago. Marco's wife is pregnant and expecting twins. I hope you enjoyed this Christmas episode, the President's Super Christmas Plane. I wish you the very best for the coming year, and I hope to see you in the new year when you come listen to my continuing episodes of Detective DJ, the Crime Crusher series. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. And see you soon. Bye for now. This has been Crime Crushers. On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network. Catch Crime Crushers every Wednesdays. On Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Sponsored by VIP Tech.